Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. And Bill, obviously, everyone's talking about the horrific acts in uh, Orlando, Florida, acts that I beg people, please start, stop calling it a tragedy. A tragedy is a train wreck or an avalanche, something like this. It was an act of will by a person motivated by a uh, horrifying view of the world. What were your thoughts in the wake of this of this event? I mean, it is terrible. It was a, a terrible attack on innocence, which took you know, I guess the most lives ever since 9-11 in any right. terrorist attack here and, and the most lives ever in a mass shooting. Um, you know, I woke up yesterday morning in a hotel room in New York. They, I did uh, ABC This Week from New York. And I, I, and I found the whole day, I've got to say, terribly depressing. And obviously the main reason one is depressed is that 50 Americans are killed and another 50-plus wounded and that this happens on our soil and it's a terrible thing. But the other reason I was depressed was just the reactions of everyone were so bad, honestly. It did not make one. Sometimes you get a day like this and then you get the reactions and you're sort of, it's terrible, uh, it's horrible, but you're proud to be an American, as right. you see. Now, there were things that happened, obviously. There were uh, actions of first responders and wonderful statements of statements by some people that did make you feel that this was, you know, people were Seven behaving well. Seven-hour lines to give blood in yes. Orlando. Now, that so was that, absolutely terrific. Yeah, so there's, there is that. And then actually the citizenry, I think, you know, sort right. of reacted well, as you say. But, I mean, the politicians, uh, sort of pundits on Twitter, I mean, everyone just went to their corners and started throwing things around before they knew anything. Uh, and on both sides, I've got to say, it reinforced my sense that we're not getting the leadership we deserve on either side. Donald Trump can't wait a minute before asking to be congratulated for, I guess, predicting this. And, and then uh, this morning, I guess, he's on uh, calling into TV shows and, again, not making – there are sensible points to be made, God knows, that are critical of the Obama administration's stance towards radical Islam and questions of whether the FBI was hampered by political correctness and the fellow, the co-worker who said he didn't right. – he thought the guy wasn't fired or maybe wasn't even reported for what he had been saying because of political correctness. So those are all totally legitimate and we at the Weekly Standard have written about these over the years. And we've talked about it so many times. But so you get Trump kind of being demagogic and careless and narcissistic on the one side – and then President Obama comes on TV and, uh, you know, just reinforces almost like a cartoon image of liberal political correctness, refusal to call it by its – what the threat by its name. Uh, and then – and of course all the liberals, oh, it's a lone wolf or it's, you know, terrible. And then it turns out, well, maybe he's not quite that alone and there is – there are connections to international jihad. So I've got to say it didn't make me feel good about either politically correct liberalism or sort of uh, demagogic authority on the left or a kind of demagogic authoritarianism uh, on the right. I, I think the country can do better, but um, with Trump and Obama dominating our politics uh, for the next five months, I'm not sure we will. I was listening to it on the radio, and when I heard the president's comments, I said, I don't think he said the word Islam or Muslim a single time. So I went back, got the transcript, pulled it up, did a word search, Neither word even appeared. And, you know, what's frustrating to me is that I understand that kind of the PC community wants to say that if you mention Muslims, what you're saying is all Muslims are evil, all Muslims are terrorists, and that's just idiotic on its face. That's not what you're saying. It, talking about the problem of terrorism today and not talking about the current state of Islam is like talking about World War II without ever using the words, you know, Nazi or Japanese empire. We know what the source is, even though it's more nuanced than ban all Muslims. And I, it's is it really the case that nobody can – I wouldn't even call it the center ground. That's unfair to left and right. Will no one hold that obvious truth, common sense ground, Bill? Well, not many people. And it, indeed, it's precisely Obama and his having done this for, for 
years that has created Trump. I, I just that's what came home to me yesterday. I mean, we have a terrible dynamic now. And then Trump says narcissistic and idiotic things, which then makes the left feel, well, see, we're right because I mean, this is the alternative. And as if there's no serious, sensible, tough-minded alternative in fighting the war against jihadism, and 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 I think we at the Weekly Standard and many others on the center right, and even some liberals, to be fair, have articulated versions of this. You know, um, no, by not mentioning Islam, you precisely justify those or justify you enable those you encourage those who are going to be incredibly sloppy and ham-handed in the way they talk about Mm -hmm. islam and radical islam which does run some risks obviously of antagonizing people who didn't be antagonized but the whole thing was so politically correct why did the orlando police department so i just to go back i get up i see this terrible news i go into abc we do we did the this week the round table as usual we focused on politics since we didn't have anything intelligent to say obviously about the actual act at that uh, you know that was being covered by people on the ground but the one thing that struck me sitting in the green room at abc i look up and there's the orlando police having the press conference uh, and there's an imam. Like, what's that about? I mean, on the one hand, we're not supposed to say it's about religion, right. and we shouldn't necessarily say without having evidence that it's about religion. And it is only one person. And but then he's worrying about Islamophobia. Is that appropriate in the first press conference the police have after a massacre like this? It just struck me as so unthinking. And it, the message it sends to millions of Americans is it is about. Right. Islam. Why else is the I mean, I, I thought about this as a Jew. I mean, there, there have been Jews who've done terrible things, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, uh, mass murders in Israel and elsewhere by Jewish extremists. And and if, what if a Jew killed, I don't know, people because he had some crazy view that he thought was derivative from Judaism in, in America. And then a rabbi was right. there. I'd be offended, actually. Mm-hmm. The guy should be dealt with as a right. uh, murderer, and, mm-hmm. and uh, then we should look at his connections to international uh, people who might have encouraged him or helped him. But the idea that the imam was there, I, the whole thing just made me, uh, I got to say that watching and reading stuff the whole day just made me depressed about the state of our public discourse. And of course, it affects the state of our actual public policy. But there are real questions that we should now debate. What are the FBI guidelines? For dealing with people like this, you know, mm-hmm. for example, I mean, do we are we keeping track properly if people? It, may, it turns out I think he's been abroad to Saudi Arabia. Is that right? I think a couple of times, maybe in the last two three years. And so there are things we would want to know. He met with a guy who then went back to Syria and blew himself up. I mean, but it's very hard to have a sensible debate about how to conduct this struggle we're in and save lives and defeat them. At, at, with the level of discourse we're now having. And enabling Trump is exactly right because an average typical person sees the story of this killer, multiple interviews by the FBI. He's so hateful that his coworker quits. And not only does the guy not have any FBI keeping an eye on him or anything, but he keeps his job. I mean, I, you know, as a guy who has been on occasion fired in the past for an untoward comment, my radio days, I mean, I know the the people I know who've gotten in trouble and dragged onto HR because they said, uh, you know, honey to somebody in the middle of a meeting. Here's a guy who's spouting. It's just like the Fort Hood shooter who gave a, uh, 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 whenever doctors get together and do like a, I forget what they call that, but you sit in a circle and the guy talks right. and he talks about cutting off heads and pouring stuff down throats and everyone sits in the room going, "Well, I'm not going to be the guy that says anything. Are you going to be the guy that says anything?" That just screams, "You got to have Trump." If right. the same people are not going to step up and make the same decisions, then maybe you got to turn. It's like that Billy Joel song, you know, might be crazy, you know, I might be crazy, but just may be the guy you're looking for. If the same people won't do it, all you're left with are the crazies. 
Yeah, and I do think, I mean, and I don't want Trump to be the next president, nor do I want Hillary to be the next president. I don't think it's over <laughs> to have an option. I mean, in a way, yesterday made me more convinced than ever that we need a third option. But having said that, if it comes down to Trump or Hillary, I do think lots of Americans will decide, look, he's a vulgar, narcissistic uh, guy who's, you know, doesn't have a lot of the qualities we'd like in a president. But at the end of the day, he's kind of on our side. He'll have advisors who will tone him down, who will make sure that the things are constitutional right. and not crazy. The problem with the other side, I think people will think, is they don't even get the problem. And it is true. If you're in a situation where your only choice is a binary choice, someone who doesn't get the problem or someone who sort of gets the problem and is a jackass but nonetheless you know, kind of sure. is going to address it, I think a lot of people will go to Trump. I said this on TV yesterday morning even before really thinking about the reaction to this event, but I've just been watching the last few days. Um, and it just – Hillary people were patting themselves on the back. They had a good week. Right. Sanders – de facto is going to end his campaign, Obama endorsed, Elizabeth Warren endorsed, and they were all like, whoa, we're really on a roll. And then I stepped back and thought about it. See, they're really on a roll, but they're up like four or five points only, and she remains unbelievably uninspiring, and it is more of the same, and it is the status quo, and it's a change election, and people don't like the status quo. You and I have been in campaigns. I'd say, I put it this way, Hillary is now ahead of Trump and is more likely than not to win. But actually, Trump has a real path. Yes. And all Trump has to do is assure people that he's not crazy, basically. Mm-hmm. And whereas Hillary has to somehow assure people that she's going to be better than Obama, for whom she worked for four years and whom she's unwilling to separate from us at all. And in fact, if anything, she's to the left of him on some issues now because of Sanders. So I really did think for the first time in a while, actually, over the weekend, that Trump could well win. A friend of mine made a good point. I think Trump's VP pick – and some of the other things he does are now more important than I would have thought. If, if you had asked me two, three weeks ago, I would have said, oh, come on, would Trump right. possibly listen to a vice president? You know, he's just, that's not the way Trump is. If you, if you think Trump's not up to it, you think Trump's not, not up to it. I'm still inclined to think that. But, you know, I could imagine Trump making a serious VP pick, talking a little bit about who his attorney general might be, giving a couple of sp- speeches that are a little less, uh, uh, a little more mm-hmm. muted and moderate, uh, cutting down on the tweeting and suddenly Trump could become more acceptable to more people pretty fast. Of course, I could also imagine him saying we need to round up this guy and all of his neighbors and you know, trace his family members, and then we're right back in the mess. And that's why I want to ask you this final question. As a guy who, like you said, we both worked in campaigns. There are powerful issues that motivate a lot of Americans, two of them being the Islamist terror problem since 9-11, and then illegal immigration, and not just the fact that people are coming over, but just the whole unfairness of it. These guys get to break the rules. I have to obey the rules. Those things just rub against particularly middle-class working Americans so roughly. And I keep, I kept thinking during the primaries, someone's going to step up and give a strong border security speech where they say, essentially, I can be Trump without the hate right. and the, you know, the, and the, uh, the extra. It's just, yes. You should be deported if you're here illegally. Every other country does it. And you can, as you can see, the, the common sense case for we are entitled to have a border. There's nothing wrong or xenophobic with you wanting to have a border. No one stepped up and made that speech. Here on this, this issue, it would be so easy for Hillary to step in and say, here is how I'm going to get tough. Yes, I'll say it. There is a problem inside Islam. We need to side with the good guys, help them fight back the radicals. Here's how I'm going to do it. I get. I see her running back towards Obama and hiding behind the fence of, and this is a direct quote from Hillary, Muslims have no connection whatsoever to terrorism. That's just crazy. 
Why is it, do you think, Bill, is the fear of being called a name really so powerful that it stops people's own political self-interest? Is that where we are in 2016? Well, that's a good question, Michael. I mean, maybe, you know, President Obama did not pay a price for it in 2012, even though a lot of us thought he might. And so maybe they just think politically we're wrong, that, mm-hmm. that they don't have to say that. But I, yeah, I was struck by one of the things Trump said this morning was um, we need to get tough about what's going on in the mosques. And it was a typical Trump, totally exactly. vague, and you didn't know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know anything much about what the FBI is or isn't doing. But I would say as a normal American, kind of watching this from a distance, one did raise, have in mind, therefore, well, how is the FBI doing in terms of right. finding out what's going on there? And have they been pulled back too much? I know there was a controversy in New York and other cities where I mm-hmm. think New York was being pretty aggressive and pretty successful, I think, in keeping an eye on possible terror plots. And I think under de Blasio, they pulled back some. And that's a kind of policy question. But if, if Hillary uh, is just you know, there's no issue. There's no problem. We don't even have to think about what's going right. on in among American Muslims. And he was an American citizen born in America, after all. Uh, we don't have to look at their connections abroad. I mean, then I do think you're opening the the way uh, for for the for for demagogic uh, attacks and, and non-solutions or solutions that wouldn't be solutions of just you know say we got to be tough, we got to be tough. But no, it 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 the degree to which and and the final point, just this is an obvious point. An event like yesterday reminds one that events, terrible events in this case, happened and that this notion that you're going to have a straight line in a campaign for five months. I mean, last week it was all, well, let's game out the campaign. You know, there's going to be the conventions, there's going to be the debates (laughs) and this and that, as if things like this aren't going to happen. And God knows what will happen at home or abroad. But it's an incredibly volatile moment. And and, uh, it really, who knows what's going to happen. But I've got to say, watching Trump, watching Hillary Clinton... Did not it did not cheer me up yesterday? And I the predict- events themselves, of course, may be depressed too. So it was altogether a depressing day. Uh, the the political the personal horror outweighs the political. But I predict that looking back, the political moment from this will be that horrible speech by President Obama, where he, as you said earlier, played the cartoon of what Donald Trump said the left represents, and that resonated with so many of my family members who don't like Trump. It made them stop in their tracks. We have to stop this podcast in its tracks. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.